Hello and welcome to the For The Win podcast where we discuss the human side of sports. My name's Luke Kadneen, I've got a very special guest today, a friend of mine, a former co-worker, Tiger Woods and giant super fan, Golf Digest, Alex Myers. What's up, Alex? Hey, what's up, Luke? How's it going, man? Good, good. So we'll get to, we'll, we'll end on a sad note, we'll get to the Giants, but uh, putting them aside, it was a very good week for you, right? Like with Tiger with Tiger Woods' play, I, I, I saw him play well. I was like, we need to get Alex on the podcast because, uh, because <laughs> I know he's going to have some, some glowing things to say. Well, I do. I mean, you no surprise there. Um, it, it was a tremendous week for, for Tiger, obviously. I think you know, a lot of people didn't know what to expect. Obviously, I don't even Tiger Woods knew what to expect. He, he admitted as much even on Friday. But then certainly he also came back into that Tiger mode that we know. And as soon as he got in the mix, he, he said he started to look at the leaderboards again. So certainly um, once he kind of got going and could show what he could do, I think he, he felt comfortable again, which was great to see. We saw no pain from him, which was really the most important thing that we could have seen all week. And and certainly, you know, the power was there with the driver, with the two irons, with the three woods, um, you know, nice touch around the green, even at time, obviously a couple chunk chips in there, but uh, some other splendid short game shots and, and the putter looked really solid as well. So I just don't think there was any part of the game that uh, you could look at and say he underperformed. So I think it was a tremendous Tremendous first step in this latest comeback, and and yeah, I, I know we, we shouldn't root, you know, be openly rooting for people as members of the media. Of course, that's what we're supposed to say. But come on, my Tiger Woods fandom goes back to when I was a kid, and certainly we all know how much he does for this industry just when he's doing well. So I, I think anybody who's saying they're not rooting for a Tiger comeback is lying. Yeah, and like, so I was about to ask you about that. I know a lot of people say you can't be rooting for people, but. Uh, to, for, for me, like, I, it's funny, I was never the biggest, like, Tiger Woods guy when he was at the peak of his powers, but I've become more of a Tiger Woods guy because, um, first of all, I don't want to see, like, an unquestioned legend of the sport go out this way. You know, I don't really, right. I, I, don't, I don't think it does him justice to sort of be, you know, for, for our most recent memories of this guy to be, like, just, you know, him in pain and looking really unhappy and sad. Like, that sucks. You know, I wouldn't wish that on yeah. any sort of legendary athlete. And second of all, like you've said, I mean, golf is so much more fun when Tiger Woods is playing the role. And that's not to take anything away from Rory and Jordan and all the other big guns around. But there's just something special, right, when Tiger Woods is sort of yeah. in the conversation. I agree. It's crazy. I mean, even... Even on um, Saturday, I was all excited to watch. You know, my wife wasn't excited. I was like, hey, no, we can't do anything today. I'm watching Tiger. <laughs> I'm doing work. I'm doing a live blog, whatever. I volunteered for it. I, I, you know, I wanted to sit there and watch him. But even as he was struggling, and, and certainly it was a little disappointing, especially those first uh, 11 holes where he was five over, it was still more entertaining watching him shoot five over through 11 holes than watching anyone really. I mean, that may be outside of a Rory or a Jason day, just getting hot or Justin Thomas, even watching him struggle is kind of fascinating because even in that struggle, he still hits some shots that, that, you know, leave you amazed. And, and, and again, you're, you're just rooting to see anything good at all at this point. So um, our, our expectations have come down to the point where um, him just shooting three under par that first day was was like watching him win a major again. So yeah, I, I agree. There's something about him. He, he's he's exciting when he when he plays. Um, you know, nobody makes a par save look more exciting. Nobody makes a, an eagle look more exciting than Tiger Woods. And yeah, it, everything's better when he's playing. 
I mean, coming to the office this week, everybody's talking about Tiger. You know, I'm sorry, we wouldn't be talking about golf um, after a normal PGA Tour event as much, especially an event in December. So it's just amazing the shot in the arm that he, he gives to the, the golf industry. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, like, I'm, I'm sure this has happened to you. It's happened to me a lot over the past week where people have sort of been asking, like, so what are we making of Tiger Woods's comeback relative to his other comebacks? And I'm saying, right, right. like, you know, I, I don't want to drink the Kool-Aid here, but I'm kind of more cautiously optimistic now than I had been, you know, like there just yeah. seemed like everything was in a slightly better place, but I'm kind of, I, I kind of want to put that question to you, you know, like heading into the event and now heading out of the event too. I mean, what, what is your read on like, you know, I guess what we can expect from Tiger, but just on his most recent comeback attempt. I mean, it feels yeah. like it's more positive, but I don't know. What, what do you think? It, it does feel like it's more positive, but I probably was saying the same thing a year ago. So, <laughs> you know, and, and obviously he did pretty well a year ago, uh, not as well, but pretty well. And then certainly the next time we, we saw him at Torrey Pines and then certainly that week after in Dubai, he looked like a different person. I mean, he looked like he had aged about 15 years in those, in those couple months. So certainly I, I kind of told myself going into last week, don't read too much into this week, no matter what happens. And I've already failed myself at that because, of course, I'm getting way too excited when, once I start seeing him do things like hitting two irons, 270 into the wind. I know. What uh, was that? That was incredible. Incredible, incredible shots that he hit. But but I, I still do think, um, you know, we can't really judge how how sustainable it's going to be until we actually see him sustain it. Because, like I said, last year – look good oh every, everything looks good again comes out with that ambitious schedule trying to play four events in five weeks ended up playing three rounds shut it down so you know we do have to wait and see what's going to happen um but again when you see him exactly when you see him hit that three wood on the ninth hole on friday the talk to me joey sticking it to 15 feet making the eagle when you see him drive the green um on sunday a, a green that was really tough for anybody to reach 340 yards again, converts the eagle putt, drops to his knees. I mean, how can you not get excited? How can you not think that he can do this again? But again, it's just as long as he stays healthy. But certainly I'm trying to stay calm here. Even I'm texting my wife. She's telling me, hey, calm down, please. Don't get your hopes <laughs> up again. Because she's seen it happen before. She's seen me get my heart broken. But but uh, no, I do think there is a little bit different this time. I, I think he seems even more confident that – um, that final back surgery, the fusion, which is different than the other surgeries. Um, and now, it, it, like he said, he, his doctor equated it to um, having to break his leg to kind of hurt himself again. That's how tightly you know, wound that, that part of his back is now. Now, again, it doesn't mean he can't hurt another part of his back or his knee or anything else. But, but for now, it seems like that surgery um, really took hold and, and that he's really recovered nicely from it. Yeah, and it's, it's funny too, because I feel like last year, and again, like I, I need to check the record because it's very well may be the case that I was like, you know, big up in Tiger Woods. But <laughs> I, I, I feel like what I was saying this time last year was that, you know, Tiger Woods, it, it seemed like he hadn't almost come to terms with his injury a little bit. And also mm -hmm. that, you know, and I think that was clear in that 
as you mentioned, that insanely optimistic schedule that he pushed out. Yeah. And, and his swing yeah. didn't quite look right. You know, like when, right. when you were looking at it, it seemed like the back was kind of an issue. Whereas last week, his, I mean, even Brandel Chambly, like noted Tiger Woods swing critic, was yep. holding his hands up and saying, you know, look, I, I like this move. And yep. then you'd hear Tiger Woods talk and he was pretty candid, right? Like, I think he was asked about a schedule, right? And he said, like, oh, um, you know, not too much, not too little. We're going to take it. And, <laughs> and, and I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of like that little tune that he's singing there. He's, he's right. I feel, and, and he's talking about being back among the guys and the camaraderie. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's very like Captain Intangibles, right? But I, I don't know, I can't help but read into that that's kind of what he needs to be doing right now, right? Like that he can't go out there thinking that he needs to hit it hard and play all the time and travel all the time. And he just needs to focus on gearing himself up for a select few events. And I mm-hmm. think as long my attitude on this has always been if Tiger Woods gives him gives him himself an extended period where he's healthy, um, he will win. He's Tiger Woods, yes. you know? That's, that's, that's exactly, and I just, I just made a bet with, uh, with Brian Wacker the other day, I said, if you give me 15 tournaments next year, he's going to win. I, I've, I fully believe that. I, I, I think he showed enough last week. Again, show me in there was so tough. You saw everybody chunk chips, even Jordan Speed. So you can't really show me one aspect of his game that you weren't impressed by last week. Now, again, you could say, well, the fairways are pretty generous there, and that seems to be the take. But still, he's moving it right to left comfortably, which even you know in 2013, when he was player of the year, he wasn't doing that. Um, you mentioned Randall Chambly, all in on his swing, totally believing he can do this now, saying it's the best he's swung since before the scandal in 2009. Uh, that's really high praise from, like you said, someone who – has been known to pour a little cold water on the t- prospects of Tiger Woods. So, yeah, I, I, you know, again, it, it's an exciting time. I think you're right, though. I think he's being more realistic this time around. And you mentioned that camaraderie with the guys. I mean, I think in the past it used to be a little more lip service from him. But in these last two years, we've seen him at the Ryder Cup and at the President's Cup really enjoy being around these guys, especially these young players, this new wave. They all look up to him. It seems to have motivated him. And I think he likes being around them and kind of, you know, coaching them, so to speak, and mentoring them. But I think he really wants to get out there and still play with them, especially when he sees a guy like Phil Mickelson, who's five, six years older than him, still making these teams. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I mean, if you and if you think about it, too, Tiger Woods has, like been a golfer his entire life he was he's been on tour most you know almost all of his adult life like all his friends everything he knows is professional golf um everything it would be so i mean we we hear these horrible stories about professional athletes in say like football or basketball or whatever who you know they talk about how tough a time it is transitioning out of the sport after being in it for eight years or something Tiger Woods has been in it for his entire life I I, and I think he has come I don't know if he's come to the realization but he certainly sounds like he realizes that like it's not even about like the same win-lose attitude that he had when he was younger it's kind of about him Mm -hmm. wanting to be a part of this thing that he 
I guess maybe took for granted before, just didn't even really notice before because mm-hmm. his mind was on other things. And I just think that's a really healthy mindset for him to be in right now. I mean, he's kind of like an elder statesman of the game. And I think that's exactly what he needs yep. to be doing. Yeah, I, I think you nailed it on the head there. And I think that all these breaks away from the game um, at first probably were, you know, not a big deal. But but now uh, the frustration has built up to the point where he realizes he, he misses it. He really misses playing because you're right. I mean, he's been doing this now for 40 years, you know, since he was a, an infant. And, and at some point you do have to get burned out. I mean, it's kind of incredible that he was able to maintain that that for ferocity and that tenacity throughout all those those years when he you know wanted to stay on top and he kind of you know had that step on their throats mentality and where he wanted to just keep winning and piling up the titles and everything but at some point you're right i think he did take it maybe a little for granted um these injuries it's tough to do that now he probably thought okay the first time he got injured i'll be back the second time i'll be back the third time i'll be back but but once he you know even it crept into his mind a little doubt even at that president's cup press conference when he was asked do you see a scenario where you don't come back at all and he said definitely i mean that was for for him to admit that to me was incredible and that, again that even makes what he did this past weekend even more incredible that two months later he looks like the tiger of old but but no i i do think um, having all those layoffs really added up and, and almost gave him maybe a break that he needed to kind of re-energize his love for the game. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, Alex, I, I have to, before I ask you about the Giants, you know, once again, Alex Myers Golf <laughs> Digest, he's the best golf writer around, in my opinion. Uh, and, you're, <laughs> and you're also a fantasy, you're the fantasy guru, the, the, my, <laughs> go, my go-to fantasy guru. So yeah. um, it, it's, it's great when times are good and it gives me a, I can blame it on you when, when, when I don't That's get right. my picture. Right. But, but, um, <laughs> so looking ahead for 2018, um, what are some of the things you're noticing? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be about Tiger, but like, you know, what are we thinking? Like, is Rory finally going to win a major? Is Tiger going to be playing a role? Like, what are some of the things that you have your eye on as you're sort of prognosticating for the coming season? Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought up Rory because I think, you know, obviously he's coming off a very disappointing season. Um, It started with that injury that, you know, definitely nagged him more than, than we realized throughout the entire year because we know how good this guy is and the fact that, that he couldn't, get a win is, is, is pretty stunning. Same can be said about Jason Day. You know, obviously really tough year. Um, had his, his mom, you know, personal issues with his mom answer and now she's doing better, hopefully. So, you know, hopefully he'll be back because, you know, before Dustin Johnson and, and Justin Thomas started dominating, those two guys were, were looking like like they would be the, the top players. So um, I look for them to both bounce back, uh, have big years. And yeah, I look for Tiger to just kind of play that, um, you know, a sparing schedule. Um, obviously, I think we all expect him to show up at Torrey Pines, uh, probably Bay Hill, hopefully the Masters if he's still healthy by that point, and you know, try to try to play his majors. Obviously, it's, it's going to be weird not seeing him um, at some of these World Golf Championships. But um, hopefully, you know, he can keep climbing up the world rankings. We can see him back in that. But, but no, I, I just think it's incredible right now that this group that we have at the top of the game, um, just if you look at this past year, how exciting it was with Justin Thomas, with Jordan Speed, with Dustin Johnson. And again, that's not even factoring in Rory and Jason Day being up to snuff. So I think you throw those two guys back in the mix and you add hopefully a healthy Tiger. 
it might be the most exciting year that we can remember in a, in a long time. Yeah, it's a good call. You know, I I I think on Tiger, I think I, I think that's a smart bet that you made with Waka, right? Like, I, I, if you give me fifteen healthy Tiger yeah. tournaments, I I a hundred percent I agree. Like that he's gonna win. Right? I would probably yeah. even do it honestly. Maybe I'm drinking the cooler. I'd honestly probably do that bet with like ten or eh, 10. ten might be put yeah. twelve probably. Uh, but but I, I absolutely agree with you on the Tiger front. Um, but again, expectations are low. I'm really wondering, like, Rory tends to win his majors in gluts, right? Like, yes. he, he won he won two in 11-12. Then it mm -hmm. kind of took two years off, and then he won two in 2014. So we're kind of in that zone again where I feel like we're about to get another Rory glut of majors. Maybe win one or two in quick, uh, quick succession or something. But um, if he doesn't, like, it would be kind of a disappointing right like i mean yeah. not not his career obviously it's been incredible but like as a rory fan i want to see this guy winning majors i want to see him taking on like the the young the young guys too like justin thomas and jordan spieth like i feel like he's due to win an another major or two and i i really think it's gonna happen but yeah i feel like that's the number one thing on my mind heading into the season I, I yeah and, and if it weren't for tiger i would say definitely that number one thing i thought coming into this year Rory was going to have one of those big, you know, runs that he he's known to get on. And and again, it just, it's unfortunate that his season really got derailed before it even started when he, he got the, the rib injury right away. But um, yeah, certainly, you know, even with that being said, and, and the, you know, the putting was so bad and the, you know, practicing with five putters on the practice green before teeing off. I mean, you know, a lot of stuff was in his head, but he, he also got married um so that that's now behind him and hopefully that's a little more settled for him that, that sad and, news is now firmly in the past he can focus on his important stuff exactly. on his golf right now <laughs> hey man i mean the wedding it's a big deal it's it's there's a lot of crap going on you, you got to deal with and all that you put it you'll get there you'll get there you, you know what i mean but uh he uh it's it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm, I'm definitely rooting to see him obviously get back in the winner's circle because after he finished 2015 with, uh, oh, sorry, 2016 with the, you know, the wins and the, the last two wins of the FedEx Cup playoffs to win the Tour Championship, I think we all thought he was going to go on another one of these runs. And certainly even this year, he showed these flashes where you say, oh, okay, here comes Rory. And, you know, everybody on Twitter, Rory coming, Rory coming, and all the gifts start coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> And then, and then he'll make a you know sloppy bogey or a double bogey, and you're like ah, and it just takes the the wind out of out of his sails. But um, no, I agree. I, I I would bet, I would definitely bet on him winning a major this year. Um, and again, yeah, I would bet on Tiger winning a tournament this year. Again, provided he plays at least like you said, ten to fifteen tournaments. I look if he wins his first event, I still win the bet from Brian. So I I just gave myself a minimum just to give myself a little more. Wiggle room there. Absolutely. It's a pro move. It's a pro move. Pro move. <laughs> pro move. Uh, <laughs> so, Alex, got to, got to shift gears here away from the happy Tiger news. What is going <laughs> on with the Giants right now? Two and ten. Eli on the bench. McAdoo out. I don't know. Maybe is Eli. I mean, I, I thought I was pretty high on the Giants coming into the season. I thought, oh, yeah. this, is a, this is a sneaky Super Bowl uh, pick here. I mean, what, what do you, I guess... First of all, how are you? You know, are you, are you coping? Are you hanging in there okay? But second of all, what is, well, what is going on? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. And I know I, I check in on you periodically still after that Super Bowl last year, but um, see how you're doing. But uh, yeah, it, it's been a tough year, no doubt. But I got to admit that once 
they started that poorly, um, you know, I'm talking 0-5, you start to root for them to lose, especially when you know, and again, I'm the biggest Eli fan there is, but I know at some point they're going to have to move on. And I know Sam Darnold and uh, uh, Rosen, what's his name? UCLA, keep forgetting his name. Anyway, the other guy, the two top guys who are going to be the, the top quarterback out there. Obviously, any franchise, as the Falcons know, as the Packers know, as the Patriots know, you need to lock in that franchise quarterback. And it's great when you can lock them in early and have them for the entire career, as the Seahawks know with Russell Wilson. Um, so at some point, the Giants are going to make have a – have to move on at quarterback and you know at this point i hope that they lose i hope they lose every game i hope they get one of the top two picks i hope they pick one of those two quarterbacks i am not saying i want them to get rid of eli yet i still think he's pretty solid i think that the offensive line is just abysmal as always here um his top three receivers are out outside of the rookie ingram he really has nobody to throw to so i really the fact that uh it seemed like coach ben mcadoo aka mcadope started uh putting the blame on Eli seemed ridiculous to be honest. So I'm, I was so crushed when he got benched last week. I needed tiger to step up and give me something in the sports world to cheer on. And he did. And now Eli's back in the starting lineup. So the, the world is, is back as how it should be this week uh, in my eyes, but still I, I'm, I'm hoping that the, Eli plays great, but the giants lose a shootout and lose out, get a high pick, take a quarterback. And that Eli kind of plays that, mentor role for for at least the next year or so to groom the next franchise quarterback yeah the funny thing about this giants team right is i actually feel like it's constructed to win a super bowl right? like i i kind of get yeah. the whole giving eli a massive contract because he's your franchise guy like that's you're gonna yep. put your chips in eli uh, you're gonna put your chips behind eli for better or for worse because he's already won you two super bowls you're gonna pay the man exactly. um exactly. when you when you look at his uh, when 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 you and then when you look at I think five the next five highest paid guys on the Giants are all defensive guys because you know it's some, it's almost similar to the way that Seattle are constructing their roster you pay the quarterback then you then you get a bunch of uh, high paid good defensive guys and then you yeah. then you kind of take advantage of the rookie salary cap and you use that to construct your offensive line and then that I think increasingly this is going to become the formula that teams use to win. Super Bowls. Um, I actually think the theories behind it fine. The problem has been execution. Um, defense hasn't really stepped up, and then they've whiffed on like every single one of these offensive line guys. But, but I actually think that if the Giants did do what you were saying and sort of get a nice quarterback prospect, that there's a chance, and that maybe you know they rejig the offensive line best they can, and you know get Odell he- healthy again they may be able to be good again next year, you know, like, and oh, I think, I yeah, I don't think yeah. Eli is the, is the central problem to this all. And I think McAdoo trying to make no, him no. was just bizarre and, and so stupid because I don't think, I, I really don't think of all the problems there. That's not, that, that to me is not in the top three problems. Exactly. exactly. And, and that, and, and obviously from the, the backlash that that move got, you know it's not the problem from the players, from the ex-players, from analysts, from from everywhere. I mean, people were stunned by that move. Uh, that was really that was the kind of move that you would see, you know, the New York Jets make, not to not to knock them, but but yeah, to knock them or the Mets. You know, one of these one of these franchises that 
doesn't hold itself to as high of a standard as say the New York Giants do, and um, that that really was shocking and and unfortunate too because you know it's kind of a historic streak that starting streak uh, over 200 games in a row for NFL quarterback pretty amazing second second uh, longest streak ever other than than far so too bad the streak ended but I'm glad to see him back in there this week because like you said I mean he's he's the least of the Giants problems right now um, and hopefully they, they they can move on from this but yeah I mean overall don't get me wrong terrible disappointing season when you come in thinking you have a chance to win the Super Bowl, and now you're you're hoping to get the number one pick in the draft. Quite a turn of events. Yeah, quite a turn of events indeed. And you know, I think, um, yeah, yeah, like you were saying, I think McAdoo in him going with Geno Smith, like a questionable prospect oh. at best. Oh. <laughs> I think uh, he's sort of saying that we need to blow this up. And even if the Giants wanted to, they have too many contracts on the books to blow it up. Like they're not in. They're, yep. they're trying to, like, what the Giants want to do this off season is rejig it as best they can and go again because that's yes. they're going to try to get one more for Eli um I think I think McAdoo totally misread the fan base the ownership the uh, the roster that he had beneath him and I think it's just a terrible move but yeah you know, and, yeah yeah well I was gonna say you know how the NFL works too I mean one year you can be four and twelve the next year you can be twelve and four I mean it it, it just takes um a couple bounces of the ball it takes a couple you know fewer injuries um, one good draft pick, one good free agent signing. It's you're really not that far off ever in the NFL. And, and you're right. I mean, <clears throat> I really don't think the Giants are that far off. I mean, we saw how good their defense could be at the end of last year. And like you said, they've invested heavily on that side of the ball. So, yeah, I, I do not think they should blow it up in any means. I mean, yeah, if you, if you draft a, a – obviously, if you get one of those top two picks, I think you need to strike and get a, a franchise quarterback if you think you can. Um, but I don't think you blow it up. I don't think you trade Odell Beckham. I mean, again, you, you have one of the elite players in the league. I, I, I don't care if he dances, does whatever after every catch he makes. He, he, you do not trade that guy. I mean, that is a, that's a franchise you know, cornerstone. So I, that injury was devastating. Uh, a couple other devastating injuries as well. And, and yeah, I don't think the Giants are that far off. You get a competent coach in there next year and you get a competent GM in there who doesn't blow all your draft picks. I think the Giants could be, be pretty decent next year. Nice little quick turnaround. Yeah, man, it's, it's so depressing when you look at some of the, when some of the Giants is, draft picks over the years right like all of the like all the, the the annoying thing about the offensive line which is so bad is that it's actually pretty young and they were all right. sort of fairly high draft pick they just whiffed on all of them and you just think like right. oh if he hit on any of those like this would this would give Eli so much more help I know I know and, and, and you know you mentioned like Seattle kind of doing the same thing but at least there and it, it's frustrating because you know I love Russell Wilson but the, the it is frustrating yeah yeah the magician that's right it is frustrating watching those games because he's under under fire in every play. The difference is Russell Wilson can move around. Eli Manning, that's not his strength, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to have a weak offensive line, I feel like you need a mobile quarterback to kind of escape that pressure. And certainly that's not Eli. That's never been Eli, and that, that's not going to be Eli going forward. But, but you know, the offensive line, yeah, they, they have taken some swings, and they, they definitely missed. Um, and they've never, you know, they've never drafted an offensive lineman, like with the first or the second or third pick, like one of those slam dunk guys, like, you know, Tony Baselli back in the day or Jonathan Ogden, none of those like franchise type guys, but still, when you draft a guy in the first round or even the second round, you expect them to be pretty good players. And, and yeah, you're right. Jerry Reese definitely 
missed the boat uh, on almost all those those, those types of picks. Uh, I'm with you. But you know what, Alex? Even though the season hasn't panned out like you wanted it, at least you didn't lose a 27-3 lead in the fourth quarter of the season. <laughs> to the Patriots, no. right? You can always, I, I, you can always have that. So devastating, man. So so brutal. I, 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 hey, man. Even as a non-Falcons fan, it's just a someone rooting against the Patriots. That was that made that makes me sick. Still thinking about that game. That and the the Seattle game that the Patriots won. Oh man, that uh, we'd be seeing, you know, we'd be talking about Tom Brady a lot differently if he had lost those last two Super Bowls. Let's oh, just say that. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, Alex, I don't want to take up much more of your time. Once yeah. again, it's Alex Myers, the Golf Digest. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Alex. You got it, Luke. Thanks for having me on, man. Sounds good. Take care.